Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, once again, joined by John Tattersall, owner, founder, instructor at Fusion ATL. Uh, we're going to get into plenty more um, of John's background. Uh, obviously, it's the Open Week. Uh, he's already corrected me prior to coming on the show. Uh, it's uh, it's not the British Open. It's not the Open Championship. It is the Open. The uh, Open. And, uh, and, and I'm sure John will uh, will will give us his uh, his opinion on that. And, uh, and I don't know, maybe I want to know just why it is the open. But before we get there, John, um, for folks that may not be familiar with you, uh, may not know, uh, you know, John Tattersall, you want to give us the, the elevator speech? Yeah, sure. Um, so three minutes or less. Um, born in northwest England, uh, tried to play professionally and um, didn't do to the level I wanted to. Uh, so now I primarily teach for a living, been living in the States for 34 years, which is a little scary. I uh, have tried to qualify for the Open quite a few times and been to the tournament a number of times. Unfortunately, never as a player. Um, but, uh, but you know, been, been a fun run. And uh, now I've dealt with quite a few players that have played in the Open. Um, number of players that have won majors, but not the Open. So uh, get yeah. to... I get to coach golf and call it work. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into those players in just a second. I, I want to talk um, kind of recent uh, recent form for John Tattersall and some of the things that you've been doing uh, domestically. Uh, I believe, what, late June, uh, you were on the bag for Billy Mitchell at the Senior U.S. Open, I do believe? Correct. Yeah, at Salkin Valley. Um, he qualified last year um, and uh, was – wasn't medalist. He was one back of medalist last year. The qualifying in Georgia for the Senior Open, U.S. Senior Open, is um, right after the Champions Tour event at uh, Sugarloaf. So you've got all of the non-exempt tour players qualifying at that site, and he finished uh, second in the qualifying. Um, Billy works with me, and uh, we kind of joked after he qualified. I was like, "Well, I got to go with you now because I know that you can absolutely." you know, you know what the bed if you go by yourself. So um, I went up there with him. We were at uh, uh, Omaha Country Club last year. Um, a number of players at the tournament were exempt. They showed up, saw the course and withdrew promptly. It was uh, hot. It was over 100 degrees heat index most days. And it was, um, you know, with my watch tracking stuff, I think I walked 220 floors and 64 miles that week. Um uh, he was worth it. He finished low amateur. So he was on TV with Furyk on Sunday afternoon. Uh, because of that, he got exempt into this year's tournament. So we were up at Sarkin Valley, which was great. Um, only two rounds this time because he missed the cut, but uh, did shoot one under the second day. Um, played great the second day. Thursday, we were out in all the weather that was just miserable. He's a Florida boy, so playing in the rain, he, he's not good at So we yeah. figured that out. I hear you. So, so when he qualifies for next year's tournament, uh, do you get an invite back? Uh, so he's got to qualify again now. So we no amateurs made the cut this year. So I was the, the USGA guys that run the tournament are people I've known for many years. So and over drinks on Friday night, I was trying to lobby them that because he was a low amateur the previous year, would it carry over? And 
the typical USGA USGA fashion, the answer was no. So yeah, yeah we, we try. You got you got to either up the quality or the quantity. I think uh, both both of those could get you uh, a, a, a different result. I, I don't know. Allegedly, I was I was lacking in both. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, so John, let's jump into the Open, and and I want to stick with the Senior U.S. Open because I believe uh, you guys had an opportunity to play with uh, a few folks, uh, at least one that's going to be participating in the 150th Open uh, at St Andrews this year. Yeah, we we joked during the practice round with Harrington that between us we had three majors. And now he has four majors, but um, within the group, there was three majors and none of them belonged to Billy or I. Uh, but um, got to play. I, I've known Patrick a little bit for a while. I played golf with him many years ago. Uh, Dave Phillips, who's one of the co-founders at TPI, is a good friend. Dave's coached Patrick here and there over the years. Um, and so I've been around Patrick a little bit, but this was great. He was swinging. So tour average club speed is about 115. He was in the low to mid 120s. His ball speed was in the mid 180s. Um, so he's actually gotten faster. Uh, so if you think of a, any major event, the rough is usually rougher. The greens are firmer. Uh, we had rain up there, but he literally was just bombing as far as he could down the fairway or the rough, and he knew he could get it from the rough onto the green. So he was playing a very different uh, game from everybody else. And, of course, he won at Saucon Valley and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I mean, he's... Um, you know, he, he's he's great for my profession because he's really, really em embraced trying to get better all the way along. Um, he, this is years ago I talked to him, but he said that um, if you're a stat nerd, he said the first time he qualified for the European tour, he got it up and down in the second stage every time from inside 120 yards. Mm -hmm. So think about that, four rounds. Yeah. And he, he said he got done with the, with the fourth round and the guys with him are like, do you realize you got it up and down every time from inside 120 yards? He goes, that's what you're meant to do, isn't it? Like that was normal. That's how he, that's how he played. And so when he, when he won these majors, like in, you know, I think 07, 08, 09, in that time frame, people gave him grief because he's changed his swing. He goes, look, I was terrible when I came on tour. I wasn't a very good ball striker. So I've constantly worked on my technique and, and gotten better. So he's continued to do that. He's now, swinging and he's he's just turned 50 so he's swinging 10 miles an hour probably faster than he was when he won majors 15 years ago which is well kind of astounding really yeah, yeah it, it, it's interesting right if you think about and and uh we'll kind of jump into uh to to this so uh, i guess as i'm as i'm asking the question uh the first question is 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 is, is he going to be able to contend with with the uh with the field at saint andrews this year and and when i say that you know it's you know it's we've been on and, and we talked about bryson before right i mean there's a you, you can you can physically you can see that there's a transition yeah uh, you can look at rory right from 15 years ago to today physically there's been a transition in in their you know just physically speaking if you look at padrig i don't know that he's really I wouldn't look at him and say that he's transformed his physique physically to no. get to where he's at. So what, what's the what's the special sauce there? What gets him to, you know, swinging above average and then, you know, back to can he contend? 
Yeah, I, I think that, uh, so if, if you look on YouTube, he's got this thing, Paddy's Golf Tips or Paddy's Tips. Um, and he's great. And again, from my perspective, he's like, look, I've done everything. Like you come up with an idea. I've done it. I've tried it. I know it works. I know it doesn't work. Uh, Ronan, his caddy is his brother-in-law. So, you know, Tuesday we played Wednesday. I saw him. I said, Hey, can I shoot some video? Do you mind? Like, I don't want to be the guy on the range, like shooting video if they don't want it. He goes, no, no problem. And I said, so what's your workout routine? He goes, hitting golf balls. I said, so like nothing. He goes, no. It's like, you know, I, I swing fast and my, my golf balls are the calories kind of thing. So mm. he has tried, you name a, a device to swing faster. He owns it. If you watch any of these tip things, like one of my friends in Kansas is a bit of a speed nerd and all this kind of stuff. He's invented a bunch of stuff. You look in Padrick's videos, he's got half of that stuff. So pretty much anything you can think of, you say, well, what about speed sticks? What about the stack? What about, he goes, yeah, done that, done that, done that. He's done workout stuff with everything. Um, looking at blood typing, blah, blah, blah. You literally anything you come up with, he's like, yeah, done that. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't. So now he just stands around and swings hard. And he's worked on, he's worked on technique. Like he's got the technique different, very high hands. Like if you look at him at the end of the swing, he's literally jumping backwards. And he's not trying to rotate and he's just trying to just rip it. Like his practice swings are quite a violent event in themselves, never mind hitting it. So um, there is some cognitive stuff. If you want to go faster, you have to actually think that you're going to swing faster. Right. And, and yeah. the accepting of the results. Like he's, he's literally, if you want to get faster, you have to accept you're going to hit a little crooked from time to time. And, and you know, everybody I coach at first, they're like, I just want to be consistent. I was like, look, consistency in golf shouldn't be in the same sentence. Don't, don't think <laughs> consistency. Can, uh, can he contend? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, um, a lot of the open, you, you tee off. So there's, they usually only tee off of one tee. There's not a two tee start. So you have tee times literally from before 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. And you have the tides changing. So you could be the guy on absolute great form. You could be swinging great that week, feeling good. You could literally get the wrong end of the draw. And your your course, your plane could be five shots harder than the guys in the morning, just depending on which way. You, like with Lynx courses, it's basically the Lynx because it links the land to the ocean. It's the, it's the strip of land that's in that area. So, you know, St. Andrews is fairly typical. Nine holes out, bit of a turn nine holes back right back yep in theory you could play 18 holes downwind or you could play 18 holes into the wind or you could play nine into the wind and nine downwind just just depends on when the tides turn and what's going on so hopefully you're out there long enough for four days it averages out but it can absolutely screw you on the on the draw a lot of times yeah Man. Yeah, I was I was taking a look at the uh, at the weather and, you know, obviously we you know, we're we're uh, into DraftKings and trying to, OK, who, who are we going to play? You know, who do we like? And we'll get into some players and some more players in a second. But I, I think to yes, your I've point, I find something pretty extensive with the PGA Tour that I'm not supposed to comment on those things. So. Uh, well, you don't have to comment. You can just listen. Okay. You can, you, can, you can just listen for those. But I, I so, but where I was going to your point. So it looks like uh, we're going to be, you know, around sixty degrees 
ish yep. Fahrenheit. It looks yep. like we may get a little rain on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the wind, right? I mean, as as forecasted or projected, uh, you know, it's looking like it's going to be around, I don't know, 15 miles per hour with some 20, 25 mile per hour gust. I mean, that sounds kind of par for the course at a at, at, at an open championship, right? I mean, nothing real crazy. No, I think Wednesday when I looked at it, they, they had the wind higher than that, but that's obviously practice round. Um, and most of the players are used to dealing with some kind of wind like that. You just hope that it's doing the, the difficult thing. Sometimes if you get a wind that's switching, uh, I know there's one hole last week at the Scottish Open, the afternoon wave couldn't reach the fairway on one of the par fives. And it was only like 250 carry to the fairway. They were hitting into the rough. And so from a setup perspective, it's really difficult when you have that long with any changing conditions, how do you set the course up accordingly? Um, so that that's one of the issues. But it, it doesn't sound like there's anything too crazy. They're all very well equipped. If you've got in that event, they can handle that kind of wind usually. And the golf course yes. these days, it doesn't get affected as much. Right, right. So uh, what have we been here? I mean, relative to the folks that are going to be playing, we've been at St. Andrews for two tournaments, right? Two two open championships, I should say. Uh, uh, so, you know, in, since the turn of the, we've had 15, haven't we? 10? 2000, yeah. Right, yeah. 2000, so well, we had over five, five yeah, five, ten, and 15. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we've had three. So if, if you're thinking about, if you're thinking about who's going to win, who's got the best chance to win here, mm-hmm. and maybe not even win, who's going to make it to the weekend? Mm-hmm. Is are you are you looking at or are you considering right as as an instructor? And I believe that you have. Uh, I believe you were coaching a previous Open champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so, man uh, that nobody wanted to win is what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can say Stuart Sink or not, but uh, yeah, it, 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 anyway, um, are, so so if you're going into this, are you thinking, is this experience in open championships and link style courses? Is it St. Andrew's experience? Is it, are we looking at like recent form? I mean, it, in that question, Xander's probably a bad example. I mean, technically he's won the, the past, their last three events that he's, yeah. that he's, you know, that he's played in. What are you doing with a player, you know, kind of coming into this thing and obviously you've been working on it prior to this week but yeah. but what's the what's the strategy what are you looking for and what are you kind of honing in on i mean you want to see how they're hitting it so like how are they feeling generally with how they're hitting it um how is their swing feeling where are they with different things like that and then you're looking at there is a strategy aspect to it so players that have played the open there before they've definitely got an advantage just from understanding what the ball is going to do on the ground i think uh, one of the things difficult for american viewers to appreciate when you 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 see like a a crane shot of the golf course at St. Andrews. it looks pretty uninteresting and then to get down on the ground you can see all the different elevation changes so you you have to be comfortable hitting shots away from a target which sounds fairly simple it's very difficult to aim at something where you know the target's over here and you've got to aim it kind of over here and let the the ball do things on the ground or or just a, a you know adjust for the wind that's blowing pretty aggressively so you're you're trying to figure out how are they feeling what's their kind of 
um, swing sense, like where do they feel with their swing currently? And then also what kind of shots are they going to need that week that they maybe need to work on, whether it be around the green or, uh, you know, flighting the golf ball a little bit without changing too much. Um, so you're trying to find out like what shots could be an advantage that week. Uh, I don't think there's much around the green rough wise you need to worry about. It's more of, you know, playing these lengthy pitch shots. Most American players now would use a lob wedge nearly anywhere around the green. That's not really that practical there, just given that you, you cannot fly it and stop it a lot of times. Like the, the greens will just keep keep on running. Um, and you've got very, very firm turf where they may have had to adjust you know, the, the equipment vans are there today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. There's probably a lot of new wedges going in the bag this week, way less bounce than they typically use for American courses because the ground is like, you know, like go outside on your driveway and try and pitch off of your driveway. That That's kind of similar to what it feels like uh, when they get it to the kind of conditions they want. So I remember, I don't know if it was 2000 or 2005, the greens were actually slower than the fairways at St. Andrews. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah, because they, wow. you know, think if you get a wind over there, the reason the greens are not that fast a lot of times is you've got any of these slopes and you get the wind blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. If you had the greens running like Augusta speed, you couldn't keep it on the green. It literally would blow the ball off the green. Um, <laughs> sure. I think I think it was 2015 when Kepka basically stopped play over on the ninth or 10th hole out on the estuary piece. He said the rules official were trying to tell him to play because I'm not playing. I'm, I'm not. The ball's not the ball's oscillating so much and it won't stop. I'm not playing. And uh, the RNA were like trying to keep him going. He's like, no, don't give a shit. Well, you're saying I'm, I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 the, I'm the professional here. I, I, right. I'm calling the shots, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it, that's, that's a good one. Um, so you mentioned Augusta. Mm-hmm. Um, before we kind of start digging through the players, we, we'll get there in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think about St. Andrews as a, as a comp to Augusta, or I guess it would be vice versa, it, yeah. Augusta being being comparable or, or comparison to St. Andrews? Yeah, it's a great point. Bobby Jones obviously was the uh, one of the founders of Augusta National, and um, he has a great had a great affinity towards St. Andrews. He was actually given the award that Jack Nicholas is getting tomorrow, I guess, where he's getting the keys to the town. Um, and so I think St. Andrews formed a lot of what he liked in a golf course. It's quite wide open off the tee. It's not too penal off the tee unless you really get it messed up. Uh, and then the game really begins on the approaches to the green. So you look from the tee, like the first hole and the 18th hole are basically the same fairway. It's 100 yard wide almost. Uh, and then you've got tricky greens out there. So I think a lot of how he viewed golf was formed from what he saw at Augusta all those years ago. Uh, sorry, what, what he saw at St. Andrews all those years ago and brought that uh, to Augusta and had a, had a Scotsman design the golf course, Alistair McKenzie. And I think, you know, St. Andrews was a big, big influence on all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just for that, right. So you got Tiger, a two-time winner here, Jack, a two-time winner, Zach Johnson, uh, one in 2015, Faldo, Louie, Sebi, yeah. Sneed, Bobby Jones. And, and the, I guess the unique thing, right, is all those folks are, you know, at least they've got one jacket at, at Augusta national. So that, yeah. that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of the same guys winning at the same, the same place. I mean, there, there's gotta be something there. I didn't even think about that. The other thing you've got is also you've got John Daly won it in 1995. 
arguably one of the better drivers of the golf ball ever, probably. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen put on a driving display the week he won it. Faldo's yeah. not known as a particularly long hitter, very much precision, and he won it there. Seve won it, which was known as nothing really from a precision perspective, quite a long hitter, but quite crooked. So you have quite a different array of golfers. Jack Nicholas, a long hitter again, uh, not a particularly good wedge player. So you got, it says a lot about the golf course that you don't have one particular right. type of golfer that won there. Um, well, so it's, and then I, I think if you take Zach Johnson, I mean, that just screws things up completely. It's absolutely. like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a more a Faldo type, but a good wedge player and uh, yeah. not to the same level of precision that Faldo had. So uh, yeah. pretty, that's actually, I mean, I've played the old course and you don't play in the condition that they play at the tournament and obviously, uh, but I wasn't that impressed with it. It was on, oh my gosh, and then I hear everybody talk about it like, it's phenomenal. It changes so much. And I think that's part of the essence. You have to play it a few times to see it in these different winds to realize that I don't think there really was an architect. I think there was multiple people going over the years, but they it's tweaked to play in so many different scenarios that you have to see it and play it a few times to really appreciate how brilliant it is in its somewhat simplicity. Well, and, and two, I, I, to that point, I mean, you're thinking about in today's world, I, I think that I think the, the golf architects are doing a great job in using the natural surroundings and, and building courses so that, you know, they, they don't look like, you know, they look natural. They look like they're there. They look like they fit in. But, you know, we're talking, this is, I don't know, at least 150 years old, right? I mean, and that's just the open. Well, it's the, yeah, that's the open. So 1584 is when the course started, apparently. So, right. So, you, you know, the, the, before America showed up. Exactly. So, the, you know, the, the ability to, you know, go out and move the land. I mean, you're really working with the, and, and I haven't been there. It's on the list. So I think we were going to yeah. go in 2020, and then we all know what happened there that yeah. screwed yeah. up. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I yeah, I got to get that back on the roster but uh, yeah, looking forward to it and uh, i hear it's uh just be be prepared to drink a lot because with my game i'm probably going to be miserable after i get done well you yeah your caddies will probably drink more than you do but um you think you can drink till you see those guys um (laughs) one of the great architects was really the sheep i mean if you think about those bunkers they were hiding places for the sheep so that's kind of where the bunkers came from wow um, so it, there's a lot of neat stuff there. The other thing is it's not open on Sundays, so people can just go walk around. It's almost like a a park, you know, like the, the entire town of St. Andrews is <laughs> predominantly built around the university and, and the golf courses. So uh, it, it's just a very, very cool, even if you're not much of a golfer, it's just a very, very cool uh, place to go hang out for a while. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably have more fun walking around there than I will playing golf. I'll just say that. I would say so. Yeah, and if you if you were a course designer now trying to design that seventeenth hole, you get laughed at. I mean, it's it's over the, over a hotel. You can't see the fairway, and then the greens like this wide with a massive bunker and a road behind it and a wall. It's like. What what are you on? Like it's not alcohol. <laughs> Something more important than alcohol. <laughs> do you do you think it's still a, so? And, and this has been, and it's going to continue to be a popular theme or, or a popular storyline, if you will, right? And everybody's talking about it's. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a par seventy two. It's seventy three hundred yards, give or take. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, there's really no room. You're not making it any longer. Uh, yeah. it, and do you think it is still? A, a true test to golf. And I think Bobby Jones said, if you haven't won 
a, a championship at St. Andrews and you, you, you're really not a champion, something to that degree. But, yeah. but do you think that it still holds up and it still is that kind of test? Yeah, one of the players, to um, Billy Andre, a friend, and Billy and I were talking about scoring a few years ago, and he said the RNA are pretty good. If it's calm conditions, you go out, you play great, you shoot a low score, they're like, well done. And if, if the weather's bad and you win, then you shoot a higher score, they're like, well done. They don't have a, a particular score in mind to protect the course. It's because so much of it is almost beyond their control. So they they... I, I think it's just like what happens to be the low score that week. I don't think there's a massive ego wrapped around we must protect par, which I think is a very, very – you literally couldn't do it over there because if you tried to protect par thinking it's going to be decent weather and they got 40-mile-an-hour wins, you just couldn't right. finish. You you'd, lo- you'd lose the tournament in, in scenarios, right? I mean, you could uh, yeah. Literally, yeah. They, they'd be stuck. You'd lose, the, you'd lose the course, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You'd have a Shinnecock scenario a few years ago where they literally had to start right. playing because the ball went down the green. Um, right. So I, I don't think there's quite that um, that worrisome piece. 7,300 yards doesn't sound like a lot for these guys now, um, but you're at sea level. It's in the 50s to 60s. It's quite humid, so the ball doesn't fly like, you know, we're in Atlanta at 1,000 feet. Your driver's not going to carry as far there as it does here, no matter who you are. Uh, But then the great unaccounted piece is that when he hits the ground, he could roll 60, 70 yards. That could be good, or it could roll into a sheep hole from 400 years ago called a bunker. Uh, It's a sheep hole, not a shithole, folks. Sheep hole. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so you mentioned it. 50, 60 degrees. I'm going to jump into some players, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll get the uh, we'll get the tiger out of the room first thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it took two two time winner. Yeah, uh, we all we all know what's happened. We all know what's been going on. We don't need to belabor that. Mm-hmm. Um, it there has been a lot of talk ever since uh, you know since the accident since he's back and he's making a comeback we don't know what we're going to see him play mm-hmm. everybody i've that i've heard more people say that tiger if he's going to win another major this is his best opportunity to win a major at the open at st andrews and they're talking you know it's it's level he's comfortable here he's won here but when we start talking, it's going to be 50 degrees, give or take, and we've got a 20 mile per hour wind. It's going to be a little bit chillier, yeah. and we, we, you know the back has been an issue for quite some time. Now we got other injuries we're dealing with. Well, what, what's your take on Tiger? I mean, honestly, if there is one that he could win, still this is probably it because he's what 47 this fall. So not only is it the conditions, it's the fact that he's 47 this fall. So um, that the longer that goes, the harder it does to overcome. But it is, it is flat. Um, he could get in a situation around it, hit a bunker shot where he physically can't get in a position with his body to be able to hit the bunker shot. So there is people, if they haven't played over there, there literally could be a lip that's four feet deep and you're out of the bunker and the ball's in the bunker. And you have to kind of look like you're doing the splits or something to get the ball. Uh, So there is potential for that. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, But the weather is an issue. The temperature is an issue. I mean, anybody's had an injury like that, they know that heat is your friend. Uh, But, you know, there's warm clothing. I'm sure they can figure out. Um, And there is some strategy around there. There's got to be good vibes for him around there. But honestly, I'd, I'd be shocked if he's even contending anywhere close to contending. I mean, he's... All those things I said are going to get you maybe one or two shots, but that's not enough anymore, I don't think. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. And Dan and I were talking, I don't know, last night or earlier today. And, and Dan made a comment about just the, um, uh, you know, because they they played the little the champions tournament uh, or yeah. whatever, you know, the champions holes the today kind of thing, you know, yeah. so hitting giggling around and just the, the jovialness of Tiger Woods that is just not like not normal. Right. I mean, you yeah. usually and, and he's gotten he's changed a little bit over the past few years, but you normally don't see that kind of Tiger out there. And it's like I'm really here for the experience and I'm here for the good time and I'm here for, you know, I may be the guy that I used to be, but I'm still going to try. I don't know if I could do it or not, but but I'm here, and you know, there we go. And obviously, he's competitive, but but yeah, I I think that uh, I I think it could be his maybe his last golf tournament. Um, I don't know. I I I won't. I don't know if I go that far, but it might be the last one where he's not just being a. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I hope it isn't just from the from what he brings to the game. Um, it's very interesting when you see players at that level, how they handle this aspect of their career. There aren't many of them that handle it very, very well. There's the Arnold Palmers and that kind of thing, but behind closed doors, they're not all great and, you know, wonderful and smiling. And like one of my friends, I won't tell you his name, uh, played on tour for a long time, got to play with Jack Nicklaus early in his career. And Jack Nicklaus had been his hero growing up. And I said, how was it? He goes, the most miserable four hours of my life. Because mm. this guy was just thoroughly pissed off. He wasn't Jack Nicholas anymore. And, yeah. and you know, it just, mm. they, they have to be, people ask me like, what's so-and-so like? And you go, you got to understand when they're asking me for help, they're not in a good place. They're not like, oh, this is great, John. Come watch right. me. Like, like, you know, they're asking for help. They're not as good as they once were, or things aren't quite as good as they need to be. So, any highly competitive person, if they're having a bad day, they're not all jovial and fun. Um, so hopefully Tiger can find that balance of still the guy, still who everybody wants to play with and beat, but he's still having a bit of fun out there. If that flips, then I think he's been on his boat somewhere. Yeah. It yeah. seems like, John, it seems like, you know, we, we saw him at Augusta. He was able to kind of finish the tournament. And then at the PGA, he, he didn't finish the tournament. And... <laughs> You know, is this type of injury, in your opinion, that an extra year or two is going to make him feel that much better going four rounds? Potentially. Again, you know, the the body's ability to recover as you age goes down. A lot of orthopedics that I've spoken with that are familiar with this type of injury are shocked that he still has his leg, quite frankly. So mm. it, it's almost like we're holding him accountable to the level of where we remember him. Yep. But it's almost a massive victory, the fact he's even out there playing, that he's able to do this. And that's probably not enough for him, knowing how he's wired, the little bit I do. Um, apparently, the PT and everything else he's gone through to get to this point is just, most people would just say, forget it, I'm just, I'm out, you know. I don't need it that bad. But whatever, however he's wired, I wish I knew more. I could bottle it and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to your point, I mean, it sounds like it's actually worse than the, than the golf experience itself or, or the, the round of golf, you know, whatever it is. It's like the, the me getting, you know, him getting to that point sounds like it's bad. So let, let's, uh, let me, let me bounce through a couple more players I, and, and I'm going to focus on, uh, I think some of, I think they've got a chance. They've won a lot. Some mm -hmm. of them have a chance to, so I think they have a chance to win. Um, so let's start at the top. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter what top I'm starting at. I, I've got no, no so, I, I would just, yeah. as you're getting your list together, I would tell people that now that the, anybody in that field, apart from maybe 10, 
have a chance to win. Like the, the, between yeah. the top and the bottom anymore, it, it, it's unbelievably tight. Um, so if they're there, honestly, and they get a few things going and they don't absolutely you know, forget how to add their name up at the end of the day, um, they're that good these days. It's, it's not a big... It's not like so you're, this. So you're not you're not buying the Brooks Kepka theory of I can go ahead and just chalk eighty percent of the field up to uh, you can't compete with me. Not really, not anymore. Now some of them, like I said, if they get in that situation and they're absolutely going, oh my god, what am I doing here? I shouldn't be. Here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but but from a pure ability point of view or skill level, um, yeah, there there there's not that big a there's not that massive a difference anymore. What about course fit, John? Like, so this one here seems like that you can get creative out there and the more you play mm -hmm. it, you know, you can get, uh, you can have angles, know where to hit the ball. Whereas like a wing foot with Bryson, maybe a different type of a thing there or no? hundred percent. I think that, um, I mean, generally the, the theory is that old course, you, if you hook it, you're okay. Everything's, you know, the trouble's down the right. So you just hook it all the way out and all the way back in. So uh, I think if you can, if you're in theory, if you're more of a draw player, you've got a bit better scenario. Um, we used to think growing up that a draw goes further than a fade. We know it doesn't anymore. So you need someone who's powerful enough to be able to get it out there far enough. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily favor the longer hitters, if you will, mm -hmm. because the, the, you know, it starts to close down. So if the ball is running a long way in the fairway, they're all getting to a similar place to play from. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a little bit more of a bit of the draw, like how's the weather going to be? And also if you hit a bad shot or when you hit a bad shot, do you completely get away with it or do you get punished more than you should do? Mm -hmm. And, and after the fact, right. To add on to that is, is w once you, if you do get punished, are you going to be able to hold it together? Are you, you right. going to be able to stay calm and collected and just, just forget about it, regroup, get yourself back into play and then, and then move forward and think about the next shot. Yeah, it's it's I call it selective amnesia for good players. If you look at a Mickelson who's there this week, who knows how he'll do. But his ability to hit a terrible golf shot and then stand up on the next hole and pull driver and rifle it is unbelievable. I tell college kids to look at that a lot. Like he he may be scared on the inside, but he he doesn't show it. He'll stand up there and rip it, and that's a real skill. The ability to forget what you just did and move on. Yep. 100%. We'll get to the Mickelson piece at the end of the show. I, I don't, I don't want, it, it, it may be, it may be, it may be something we have to delete. Now, I, I want to chat a little about your opinion on the live and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah we, we'll save him to the end. I okay, got my so pulled from the tour. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. We didn't get ours, so uh, we'll be okay. the same. All right, so we're in the same boat. Thank you. Man. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll be sitting in the same suite. Um, okay, so so I'm gonna Jordan Spieth. Yep. Um, who who is my favorite to win this week? Yeah. I, I've been saving him. One and done. It's like, hey, this is this, this is going to be the guy. He's mm -hmm. been, he's been doing some some very interesting things. Yes. And as an instructor. Okay, so I and, and there's two. Let me mention this, by the way. There's two guys on the PGA Tour that I, I'm sure they're great guys. I don't know them personally, but I can't stand to watch them play golf. And that's Nick Watney and Billy Horschel. And their mannerisms and the things that they do on the golf course, I absolutely can't stand. But Jordan Spieth 
the sweetheart that he is. I mean, he can do anything with a golf club, and he could. I mean, no matter what he does, I, I, like, he does not get on my nerves. No matter how much he yaps, how much he, it, it doesn't matter. So, what do you think about the whole maneuver that he's doing? Because I, and, and I'm a t- kind of tying it a little bit back to, I think. Ricky was Ricky was doing a little bit of some of this stuff at some point. He's he's kind of paired it back, but a little bit. But yeah, yeah, but Spieth is like extremely exaggerated, and it's kind of working, except for all the right misses that he had at the Scottish. That you know, he didn't have a great back nine. No, um, and like I just said, apparently at St Andrews, you want to be drawing it, not fading it. So we'll see. Um, I've never been able to figure Spieth out, quite frankly. His his agent is a friend of mine. Um, he told me he was signing him years ago. I was like, never heard of him. And he goes, no, his kids are really good. And I was like, okay. Um, and of course, like he's really, really good. And then it we, worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, I was like, Jay, you did a good job there. Uh, we used to call him Baby Jesus because we look at the stats all the time. I'm like, what you are doing doesn't add up to this number. Like mm-hmm. you're hitting it this far and you're this far offline. So phenomenal iron player historically. Gotten faster with the driver, so he is more competitive distance-wise, but not. He hasn't tightened up the dispersion with the extra speed. So he's, I wish I could drive it like he could, but he's not a driver of the golf ball that you consider to be great. Which at St Andrews isn't as big a deal. Uh, generally speaking, phenomenal iron player, uh, good distance code and control. Grew up in Texas, good trajectory control, phenomenal short game. Um, Putting seems to have been the thing the last couple of years, honestly, that's kind of kept him a little bit from achieving what he needed to do. Um, when he was winning, he held more putts in the 15 to 25 feet range. 25 footers, right? Yeah. Correct. He was never the most, like, you know, the, he held the ones he had to, but with like 5 to 10 feet range, he was okay, I think. But like 10 to 20 or 10 to 30, he was just ridiculous. Unbelievable. Well, I- yeah, I, I still didn't look it up, but uh, but as I was watching the broadcast on Sunday, they they threw the number out there. It, it was high double digits or mid double digits, and what he had holed out chipping around the green. Which, and yeah. I don't know that where where we were last week. I don't know that that's a true. I don't know if that's a good comp to St. Andrews. I think there's some, I think it's probably a little more benign in, in, in what you're going to get around the green, but yeah. I think it, you, you just, you just pick a different club. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, you take him. If, if someone's he said to you, you've got to get it not up and down, particularly because he may miss a three footer, but somebody's got to chip it close for you, for you to live. He'd be one of the people I would pick right away. Justin Thomas might be another, uh, but his, However he's wired, back to the Tiber conversation, however he's wired and understanding how to play, how to compete, phenomenal. What you know, We can look at all the technical stuff, which is my world, but he has things that you cannot quantify, uh, whether he's absolutely not scared, whether he's smart enough to figure things out. Um, he abuses his caddy like nobody else. And only Michael Boy most of the time. But Michael takes the brunt of it most of the time. But... Um, Incredible team. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing a great job. So, so being on the bag recently, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and you had the you had feast and famine, right? I mean, you had the low am 
of, of the tournament last year and you had we missed the cut this year yeah so yeah. so w- what is that what does that energy do and i'm not comparing billy to well i don't know maybe I, yeah, I, i'm not so, saying yeah. from an from an abuse standpoint i'm yeah. just yeah i'm saying like what what's the what's that do to the relationship between those individuals and obviously you've worked with billy for quite some time mm-hmm. um i guess professionally and yeah, fifty-one weeks a year. He amateur, yeah, yeah, fifty-one weeks a year he works for me. One week a year I'm his. Basically, <laughs> exactly. So, but what what does that do to the relationship? Because it doesn't really look like it's challenged uh, Greller and Spieth at all. I mean, it looks like it kind of just bolsters and and keeps them moving in a good direction. Uh, unless, yeah, unless they're. Um, you'd you'd like a player that's like um, Spieth, I think that that can probably sound off on you uh, in the heat of the moment, and uh, and then you know say something afterwards where you know look like with Billy, it's like he's jumpy, he's edgy, he's he's anxious, all the things that that players are at tournaments. Like I, people are like, how are these people to work with? I said they they have the same nerves you have. They're just really good but they are incredibly nervous. Um, so the thing that they're cool, calm and collected is just not the case. I mean, there's a couple of stories when with the last tournament with Billy, I said, you know, the equipment trailer's leaving today, uh, Wednesday, and we, we talked, we got a new three wood and five wood. I said, do you want that to build a driver for you? What's wrong with my driver? What, why are you saying that? I said, no, I'm not saying something wrong with your driver, but if you want the new driver to, to play with afterwards, we need to get it today. Why are you bringing my driver up right now? I was like, dude, I'm not bringing the driver up. I'm saying we need to get it today if we're going to get it. Okay. I don't know why you bring it up. It's like, and this is like, what, what just happened? Like, stop. Yeah. Um, so that that's fairly normal. So what you get to see when you're sitting inside the ropes is that anxiety level with stress. And yeah. from my perspective, I'm old enough now to realize that's what I'm seeing. So I try and realize he's not really pissed off at me. It's his it's the situation. It's still yeah. stuff that's coming up. Now, if the, some players, we call them caddy killers, will come in and never own any of their stuff. You know, so someone like Spieth, I think, from what I can tell, what I've heard, he comes in, he will own his stuff. Like, man, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. And Billy's like that with me. He's like, dude, today I was like, look, you don't, the worst thing you do is try and apologize. I understand you're under stress. My job is to try and help you as much as possible in that situation. I can tell there's a good relationship there just from the Instagram stories when you guys are on these uh, on these adventures. And it's uh, I mean, you you guys definitely do a good job of making light of uh, of a stressful situation. And and you can tell there's a there's a good relationship there between the the both of you. Yeah. When when he qualified last year, I was like, look, you know, we're not going to qualify. So let's just go have some fun. Like and he was walking to the first tee. And a lot of players, if you said that to them, they'd be completely pissed off. But it took him from like anxiety level here to like, oh, okay. And he played tremendous. And then mm-hmm. Thursday, this past you know event, he played terrible. It was bad conditions. He was embarrassed. It was like he didn't do much wrong early. And we just got absolutely no breaks going whatsoever. And you start to get behind in the USGA event. You're not making many birdies. So you just know it's right. going in a bad direction. So Thursday night, I'm look, you know, he, he, we had some friends there and people that help in different ways. And he's like, look, I'll sign the card. I need, I need five minutes to just get my shit together. I said, look, I got it. I'll take care of it. You go do your thing. Well, I'll get him in player dining. We'll deal with it later. And then that afternoon, we're riding home. I'm good. Look, we had a bad time. It, it's, it's, you know, it's it, that doesn't change. What happens tomorrow speaks a lot to what you're capable of. 
So yeah. we all get knocked down. How do we get back up? And so he came out on Friday and the weather condition was different, but he, he hit 16 greens in regulation on Friday at a major, which is really impressive. And if I wouldn't have clubbed him wrong on one hole, he'd hit 17 greens, which is, of course, have come up once or twice since then. Your, your, your pay is definitely getting docked. That's what I hear. Oh, that's what I <laughs> yeah, yeah, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I want to throw. Well, let me. Uh, did I talk about Scotty Scheffler yes, yet? Let's stay, I don't think I mentioned. let's stay in Texas. Let's stay in Texas. Yeah. Stay in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Scotty Scheffler. And, mm-hmm. I know, and so and you manage this how you want to. I know you got other shit to do than uh, screw around with us. But and you've got a big oh, glass of vodka in front of you, so uh, you know. Look, look at you. Uh, well, we are in, we are in Scotland. Okay, yes, so man. Scotty Scotty Scheffler. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to give you multiple questions so you can you can live yeah. tour me being like, no, 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 no. One question at a time. One question. <laughs> um, so but but I, I'm going to wrap it up and then, you know, that kind of gets you to I think it'll get you to a good point to elaborate. So mm-hmm. uh, in starting with Scotty Scheffler, he mm-hmm. along with a lot of other top 10, top 20, top 40 players that that uh, that participated mm-hmm. at the Scottish Open. Yes. Uh, they missed the cut last week. Yeah. On on what I would consider, I, I haven't played either one of them, but just in looking at it and kind of what I've been reading about, I would think that the Open, uh, St. Andrews, potentially plays a little bit more challenging than what we just saw at the Scottish. Don't know whether whether it could be sideways, whatever. Yeah. So, so, so the first one is, is are you – if you're thinking about okay, who who do I think is going to win this? Does last week miscut? Does that bother you at all? And then I want to get into the mechanics of Scotty Scheffler and this uh, this twinkle toe footwork that this guy's doing. Mm-hmm. And it, is it is it it's real? I mean, we saw mm-hmm. it at Augusta. Oh, we yeah, saw him yeah, put yeah. a green jacket on, like, yeah. like completely stepping through. Like every time I've ever done. Well, Anytime I've ever done something that looked even like quasi remote to that, which I haven't, you you know this, as close as I can as as close as I could get, um, it's like it was a total miss. It was a total like something, and I'm stepping through trying to save. It looks like he's trying to save almost every single shot. Yeah. Uh, Lots of questions there, I know. Take it it as you want. So I would say that uh, from what little I know about Renaissance Club, it's a bit more of a difficult driving golf course. I think Scheffler was also in the afternoon wave last week, and that was, I think, a three- to four-shot difference. Um, So, again, you get behind the eight ball a little bit. And now you you know you have we have a strategy like we're out there Tuesday Wednesday we're picking out targets we have a strategy and then ideally when the players are playing they back off that strategy ideally they're going more conservative the, the announcer is saying oh he's got to go for this flag that's not words that usually go through our word our voice it's like we have targets blah 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 now you get behind the eight ball on Thursday. Now, if you don't make some birdies Friday, you're you're down the road. So your strategy can go down a little bit with that. Um, Cleas from Texas, he's used to playing in the wind, but he could have just got the wrong end of the draw. And like I said yeah. earlier, you could you could hit some good shots and just get bad bounces. Yeah. And so it's more about how that player feels they're controlling their ball and how they're swinging than actually what the result is sometimes. Because a lot of conversations I have with players, it's like they – 
they actually play pretty good. They just got nothing out of the round. And you'll hear players say that, and it really does happen. Uh, but if the player's like, look, I don't know where the hell it's going right now, then that that is a problem when they miss a cut. But if they say, this happened, I got here, da, 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 but I feel pretty good, those are the ones you're kind of looking at going, okay, last week has really nothing to do with it. Um, from a tee shot perspective, from what I know about both courses, St. Andrews is more forgiving off the tee most of the time. There's a strategy to the tee shots, but you're not really putting yourself in, in as bad a position as you could do a Renaissance. So um, that's where I kind of discount what happened last week. And like I said earlier, the best players in the world, they are resilient. I mean, they, they are delusional and they are resilient. So they literally, that's kind of like, they'll find some reason that doesn't matter. They're not going to sit there and go, Oh my God, you know, did you see what the papers say? They're like, you know, screw it. You know, they, they don't. They just don't worry about that stuff. They have to be. They have to be. I like, got to go win another golf tournament, right? So. Right, correct. And they they know that they're like I said to you earlier. That within that field, that that grouping is so small. It doesn't take much for them to go from feeling, I don't know where it's going to. Oh, I got it again now. Um, yeah. And they have to do that. Um, so Scotty Scheffler's stuff is very very interesting. When people generally feel like they're falling all over the place, they're getting pulled by the golf club. So even though, depending on how nerdy you want to get here, a golf club weighs about a pound. If you're moving it slowly, you only need a little more than a pound of effort to move it. You get that thing going 120 miles an hour, you're now pulling against it somewhere north of 200 pounds to 250 pounds. So he's losing his balance, but he's pushing towards the ball. And if you watch where he slips, he's always slipping the same way. His right foot's slipping back this way, mm -hmm. and his left foot's pushing that way. So he always ends up away like this. And so the club's pulling him toward the camera and he's pulling away. Uh, and that comes from being like, from what I understand, he was doing that as a kid. And when the kids are small and they're swinging quickly, the club's now pulling them. So they have to learn how to kind of work in harmony with that. And that's what he's doing. And, um, Randy Smith is a, his coach. He's been his coach for a long, long time. Um, and Randy coached him from a kid. He, he coached Justin Leonard from a kid. So Randy said deliberately, I didn't try and take that out of his swing because he wasn't a big kid when he was small and then he, he got more powerful and all that kind of stuff. So it looks kind of out of control to the untrained eye, if you will, but it's, it's what we call ground reaction forces. He's pushing into the ground significantly and the ground with friction is pushing back. And so that's why you see what you see. But I heard two things there. I heard, um, I heard as you just described uh, how Padraig has gained his swing speed and he looks mm -hmm. like he's jumping back from the ball. I, I kind of heard that. Yeah, and, correct. And, and, and in my mind's eye, all I saw was Jim Furyk and, you know, and, and the hitch that he kind of has in his swing. Yeah. And it's like, well, don't, if, if you can repeat it every time, don't change it or dip, yeah, it's close as you yeah. can. So correct. And so we, we've come a long way in coaching where like in the eighties, we got video cameras and we're looking at video and you had to look correct and all that kind of stuff. And then we started getting launch monitors. And now today I spend the day with a tour player on force plates that doesn't see what the swing is. It see where the force is going, the magnitude of force, so we're seeing much more functionally correct swings that may not be aesthetically as pleasing as we'd like them to be. Um, so, so a lot of people will ask me, like, who's your favorite swing right now? I'm like, I'm looking at output. If some guy like a Padraig is moving a club around him 120 some miles an hour and when he's in his 50s, I want that. I don't want somebody swinging looking good. Like a Louis Youth says and looks phenomenal, he's going to maybe 115. 
I'm taking the guy swinging at 125 most of the time. Hmm. Louis got a pretty good track record here. Uh, th- thanks for thanks for teeing that up for us. Yeah, there you um, go. And 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 then and so where do we want like a professional? Um, what are we thinking about the live tour players? Uh, obviously, obviously they elected to go. We don't have to talk about the live tour just yet. I'm just talking yeah. about the players. Yeah. And their and and their play at the open. Um, there's been, you know, DJ has been looking pretty good. I mean, in his, when he's played, he's played pretty good. I think Louie just won, I don't know, uh, or, or placed high a few, uh, weeks ago. I don't know injury wise what he's, what he's doing, but, but he's been doing okay. Uh, yeah. What, what's, uh, what's your take on some of these folks? Yeah, I think it can get rid of some of the distractions. I mean, clearly there's going to be, um, it's almost open season for the media a little bit. They, they, I don't want to say there's a bias in the media, but there's certainly a looking to the fact that, hey, it'd be great if these guys just suck eggs this week and we can talk how, how bad they are. So every question is a bit kind of hostile in my yeah. estimation. Um, these guys, for whatever reason, made those choices, uh, but they're still phenomenal players. So if they can deal with the distraction well, uh, I think they'll do great. I'm sure there's, you know, what's the saying? Like he's an equally balanced person. He's got a chip on both shoulders. Like some of the players are going to hopefully take some of that aggression and use it as a motivator. (laughs) Could be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Could use as a motivator. Like, you know, I really want to show that, that, um, you know, I I, I did this for the right reasons and I'm capable of doing this. Because, you know, for a fact, every sports journalist is going to be looking at how many live players made the cut and what they did and how they, you know, play great. So I, I think hopefully they can get rid of that distraction and 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 perform um yeah but they're like thoroughbred horses i mean it doesn't take much for them to be either phenomenal or they can go in the tank if something really pisses them off yep yeah one slip out of the gate and you're kind of screwed there right so yeah uh, Yeah. you know the thing with tiger years ago is like they some of my friends that know him pretty well they said he went from feeling like everybody behind the ropes was talking about him how amazing he was and then when all that stuff came out about him now he's out there thinking everybody's looking at me like what a crazy guy i am yeah yeah it's like oh i actually am a guy yeah uh all right so so let me let me throw a couple of randoms out there at you and and I, i got some rhyme and reason and then dan's probably got some other people he wants to ask you about um it so danny willett mm-hmm Danny Willett, uh, he he does in fact possess a green jacket. Uh, he he, I, I don't know what he he made the cut at Augusta this uh, this year, and I it, he it looked like he might have gotten into contention a little bit. He didn't. I don't have it in front of me. We don't need to look it up. But um, he actually won the Alfred Dunhill yes. here last in 2021, which you have to play the old course twice. Yeah, you're playing Kingsby so, and Kings Barnes and St Andrews twice. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and uh, if you yeah, if you're if you're in contention, you 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 play the old course twice, and he won it. So yeah. what do you what do you think about somebody like Danny Willett this week? Is uh, like he probably ought to be looking at him. Yeah, I mean he's definitely obviously good vibes from winning there. It's nice, the same course basically. The conditions are not much different. I mean the thing about if you look at the weather from July. Uh, I remember years ago, somebody said, what's the difference in the weather between winter and summer here? I said, it's colder rain in the winter, basically. That's about <laughs> the extent of it. Um, so he's he's won on that golf course. Um, obviously, can control his ball very, very well. Bit of a jumpy guy. So, you know, any European or Brit playing the St. Andrews 150th Open, 
at St Andrews is going to be a little bit of stress, but certainly has the game, capable of doing it. Uh, Sean Foley's been helping him for a few years, so I think he's been getting trending in the right direction. Uh, and his game is definitely more suited to. He's not a short hitter by any stretch, but that that kind of golf course suits him a little bit better. He's not known as a bomber kind of thing. He's he's plenty long, but he's not a bomber. So St Andrews would be a course that would suit a player more like that. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to drop two more, Dan, and then you you take it away. And, and you can talk about both of these or you can totally skip them, John, at, at your call. So mm-hmm. uh, let's go Stuart Sink. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else I want to talk about? Uh, I had him over here somewhere. Um, nah, I'll, I'll, just do, I'll just do one. Stuart Sink. Yeah, what so think, I, what? I helped Stuart probably seven, eight years ago now. Great guy. Uh, he's had a bit of a resurgence recently with uh, his son, Reagan, on the back. Um, Stuart, when I was helping him a few years ago at different things, he had plenty of club speed. So he'd lost some form, uh, but he hadn't lost speed. And now he's clearly, uh, he works with a coach here in town, Mike Lipnick. He's clearly got more ball control than he had. Um, and he's he's worked hard on strategy. Um, where to aim, be disciplined with his aiming. You know, somebody who's been out there 20-some years, you wouldn't think they were doing that. But he, Reagan apparently was much more of like a money ball kind of guy looking at how the courses are set up. Um, so that's where some of the resurgence has come from as far as I'm aware. Um but again, with the St. Andrews, you can have a great plan like that and just get absolutely kicked in the teeth pretty early and, and it, it mean nothing. So um, he is a past champion. He wasn't at this course, uh, but he can clearly play Lynx golf because he won at Turnberry. Um, so he, he's strong enough and fast enough. He's also a tall guy. And when he's tall and windy, it's not easy. That can blow you around a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Dan, sorry, Dan. The- yeah. yeah, sorry, Dan. The other guy that I was going to mention was Phil. You probably were going to ask about him also. I'm, I'm definitely asking about him. Uh, does yeah. Phil make the cut this week? I, I hope so. Uh, I really do. And I hope he gets it. I think he'll get a much warmer reception than people think he will over there. I think Scottish golf fans and British golf fans are they're fans of golf. And I think they think about he is a former, he is an open, the champion golfer of the year is what they call it when you win. Uh, he's won the tournament. I think he'll get very well received. And I think hopefully the, the few days he's there prior to the tournament, he's feeling some of those good vibes. Um, and I think you need something positive to go for him. If he struggles early, I think it's going to be down the road. But uh, if he's feeling good prior to, uh, he could he could definitely make the weekend. From what I, my good buddy Dave has been helping him a little bit. And um, he's not his coach, but he's been helping some stuff. And I, I think he's just, you know, trying to sort through everything that's come at him pretty quickly in, uh, in, in like, I think Phil's persona in the public eye was better than Phil himself. We probably admit that. But now yeah. Phil's persona in the public eye is way worse than Phil is actually. And and so I feel I've had a number of interactions with him. He's been he's been in situations where he hasn't had to be nice to me at all, like in the backwaters of a golf tournament where it's just like you walk past somebody and he's been nothing but nice. When I've met him, he's been nothing but nice. He's no need to be like that to me. I'm just a coach out there and a number of other players that people think are phenomenal 
I would tell you something very different about them. <laughs> yeah, the, the media can be, uh, even though there's access and there's things there and, and you know, a, a good, positive, uh, uplifting story is usually shit and nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. I mean, any time you can, it, I'm just speaking in general, anytime you can drag somebody just uh, absolutely under the bus and make them look like a, just a complete ass, it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, how many times can I watch this? Correct. Yeah, and then back it up and back over them again. And Phil's... <laughs> Phil's I think that's pissed people off over the years because a lot of people have known what Phil's like in the locker room and, uh, and that kind of thing. And then it pissed the players off because, like, he walks outside and people are like, Phil, Phil, Phil. And the player's like, this guy's an asshole to us. And, and right. you know, and then people love him. So I think there's been a lot, a lot of that. I think he's yeah. also very smart. He's very quick-witted. He loves to stick the needle in. And some players are just not equally equipped to deal with that. They just can't sarcasm they don't understand very well so um you know they're they're, they're out of their league when it comes to shit giving and and now they're like okay <laughs> turn around is fair play is that what they say so yeah that, that, that's that's, well. that's it's a saying it's a saying yeah. i don't know dan yeah. dan hit him I, i've got a few more questions as we wrap this up i know uh, john's got other things to do than screw around with us so uh, that's all right. what you can... so um on on that note you know phil's a showman i'm, I'm gonna get off of mm -hmm. phil here did you did you foresee Tiger or the PGA passing the baton in terms of the spokes or a spokesperson of the PGA tour to Rory? Uh, no, I think that Rory's kind of, um, he's a unique individual because he's, he's very smart and he's not afraid to say things. And, um, and I don't think he kind of fires from the hip much. I think occasionally he does, but I think he's, He's a pretty well-balanced guy, and he's obviously played the game globally, uh, got a, a pretty interesting outlook on life. He's come from pretty humble beginnings uh, in an area of the world. Like Northern Ireland was not a great spot when he was born, and, and now it's come up. So I think he's got a he, – he didn't grow up with, like, sheltered kind of country club lifestyle. So I think he's got a pretty good empathy for different things that are going on in the world and not been afraid to say it. And um, and sounded pretty smart when he said it. Um, and I think Tiger was really just there to rip people's heart out and just beat them. And and um, and Rory's been more of like the whole, you know, I want to win, I want to beat you, but but then I want to also have a life as well. Um, so it's it's been impressive how much he's become sort of a. He's on the players' advisory board, um, but he's really taken that role and run with it. Some of the stuff he said recently toward the live tour i'm i'm a little frustrated with because the pga tour has certainly found a bunch of money that they said they didn't have <laughs> um but then the other day he said you know i think we need to, to all talk yeah. and i think that's great i mean if he's uh, you know wherever side of the fence you come down on this i think this whole thing that's going on is not particularly helpful i think it, it needs there needs to be some conversations going on yeah well, i'll let cal get into live in a minute here um yeah. you, we talked a little bit about consistency in golf not being in the same kind of realm a lot right mm -hmm. right yeah. now scotty scheffler's been on a heater what happened yeah. is what, what happened to wake up xander um yeah. you said spieth was on a heater there for a while the stats didn't quite add up to what we were seeing in terms of his what were these winning or whatnot what what is it about the he 
leader or the streak or whatnot with these guys. Morikawa was on a year or so ago. Is yeah. is that what we're going to see from now on? Tiger had the consistency to be able to, to put together something that's kind of paralleled to Jack or whatnot. But do you think like the Scheffler things for real that he was, we're going to continue to see that type of player? Same thing with Xander, like we did with not, not what like Spieth wasn't able to do that type of thing. Or what do you think we're going to continue to see on the PGA Tour? I think you're going to see some guys have a run like they do. I mean, most of the tour players, when we look at them, they make most of their money in six weeks. So they're playing all year, but they make six weeks. They have a good run. Now, most of them don't win. Um, so you're dealing with failure most of your career, basically. Um, the Scheffler one. Story of my life, John. Story <laughs> yeah, of my life. Exactly. Fail at a high level. That's what I tell people, Cal. Um so the Scheffler one, I don't think many people expected. I think a lot of people have been saying how great he was for a long, long time. I heard his name quite a few years ago and was like, okay. Um, I think there's a bit of disconnect when you look at him swing. You go, how the heck can this actually be that good? But from my perspective, technically it looks very, very good. I think some of the things that Tiger handled better than anybody was the demands of being number one. Hmm. And so it's not necessarily the playing. It's the every tournament you go to, you've maybe not played your best, maybe whatever's going on in life and you get hundreds of microphones in your face and you have to do all the media stuff. So the the, the time it takes to be that good, you, something's got to give somewhere. So you're either giving on the family side or you're giving on the golf side or you're giving on the media side. If you don't do the media stuff, the media is on your back and then of course you don't want your family on your back. So sometimes the golf kind of gets pushed back a little bit. And I think some players are just like, you know what? I, I know what it takes to get to that level. I'm not sure I want to do that all the time. Hmm. So I think at some point, whether they admit it to anybody or not, there is a bit of a desire that, that wanes and also just energy. I mean, the amount of energy it takes to perform at that level um, week after week after week, it's just significant. It, it's it's draining that people don't really realize. And so some of the people doing some of the studies on sleep stuff, stress stuff, I think you're going to see better understanding of that. The, the professional golf is one of the toughest sports to play schedule-wise because it's literally nonstop anymore, uh, whereas every other sport has a bit of a down, an off-season, and we don't have that. So I think that's where you're going to see this run-up and then – They'll disappear for a while and then mm. come back up a little bit. We, we we may have to save our live talk for another time. I mean, you 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 just threw so many things out that it's got my head spinning. And and I'm thinking like you're talking about Tiger, we're talking about Xander, and I'm thinking was one of those guys, um, was one of those individuals groomed to be what they came out to be, and was the other one developed to be what he is. And, and uh, you, you could you could look at that in any perspective. Yeah. The other thing I would say, if, if I can real quick, John, yeah. is if you think about time frames and you think about uh, or don't, just think about what year it is and what year mm -hmm. things were happening. I mean, if Tiger Woods were Tiger Woods today. And, and, and the, I mean, because what's inside of you, it, it's like the old saying, it's like, uh, you know, is a leader made or born, right? And, and it's like, I mean, there, there's some innate, there, there's something innate about us being people, humans, 
yeah. uh, that, that we just have inside of us. And, and we're just going to do and operate in certain ways. And I, I don't know that that necessarily changes. I think it can be molded and it can be fixed. And we, we I, that that's a thing that we'll never get to the end of. Yeah. But it's just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, you know where I'm going, right? Oh, yeah. I, no, so I think that um, there, you know, what is it? Jordan said that he wanted to have the ball. He wanted to have the ball in the last part of the game. Uh, there are a lot of players um, that are quite comfortable. Um, like I think Tiger talked about John Daly and said, you know, if he'd have willing to practice like I did, he'd have been better than me. Hmm. There's a lot of players that are not willing to, they're just not wired that way. You know, they, they want to win. They want to have a good time. They want to play well, but then, you know, Bobby Knight, like everybody wants to win, but not many people are willing to do what it takes to win. Um, Xander's dad was a decathlon Olympic athlete. Apparently Tiger's dad was a green beret. So that training took place way before, um, you know, the, the winning came along. I've heard stories about Xander's dad, like when he, when he finished second in events, throwing the trophy away, like that, that's, that, that sounds awesome. Now Xander's a, a tournament winner. Uh, you could be um, Sean O'Hare who doesn't talk to his dad. Same scenario. So it's like, you know, it's a lot of, ther- it's very close to being in therapy all the time about your dad or you're a tournament champion. Like, you know, these are not normal humans. And we're, we're celebrating the victories. But the other side of that is, is a pretty tough spot. So I think most players are much more in the mindset of how do I have some kind of balance and have mentally pretty good versus all the stuff that actually goes into winning. It's like, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough road. I mean, it's, um, you have to love doing it. The, the fact you win is one thing you have to love doing the work and, and building the skills to get to that level. And I think what it, like you were saying that whatever that quote is, it's like at that moment in time, when you get put in that stressful situation, do you, rise to that occasion or do you whether the saying is i guess rise to the occasion or, or fail to your training well, yeah so right. we're trying to fail we want to make sure the training is such that they're failing to a level of their training well i'll only fall so far right i, I there, there's a it's like i'm not gonna fall and hurt myself i'm just yeah. uh you know i, I mean it's I may not get to where I need to get to. And it's like, and to that point, I mean, imagine if Xander hadn't won the travelers, just imagine if, if Xander hadn't won the travelers, and then he would have gone and won the little, uh, uh, I'm going to, okay. He, he, yeah, the little two M, yeah, two day pro M, yeah. and then he goes and win the Scottish. I mean, the the amount of shit that he would have caught over that, it, it, you know, the the noise that would have been, and I don't know how isolated or insulated they are from that noise, a little but, bit. But but now that he's recently won in the U.S. and he can win in the U.S. again, yeah, uh, I think it's got to exude a little bit of. That. I mean, I think there's could be something there, man. Well, the, the the thing you've got to do as an athlete, I think, is you've got to know, they know whether they're playing well or what they're doing, and they know certain situations they could pull off and couldn't pull off. So they're they're holding themselves to a pretty high standard. Like, they they know what's going on, and they know. I remember back to a conversation I had with Patrick years ago. He said that he, was, he won two events, like, in close proximity. And one event, he felt completely calm. He was just hitting it badly. And he, and he hit it all over the place. And 
and he happened to win, but he felt completely calm. And and the, the announcers afterwards were like, oh, my God, you can see how bad he's choking. And Padre said, I wasn't choking. I just couldn't hit it very well that day. I still won. And he said there was another event that he hit it phenomenal coming down the stretch. He barely was keeping his stomach where it needed to be. And they were saying, look how calm and collected he is. Like he, he said, on the inside, I felt completely opposite but they're looking at the outcome so the players have a different way of measuring what success is to them they have to they can't keep score in the ways that people normally keep score because they have to know i'm getting closer i'm not getting closer what do i need to work on so they're it's really been interesting for me as a coach sometimes having these conversations with them that you're thinking you're coming off the course thinking you got to build them up and they might be like dude i hit the shots like i just didn't it didn't work out but i i hit the shots i had to hit that shot i tried to hit um, i did something wrong but i'm okay like i know where it's going and where it's trending and if they feel that way no matter what the outcome is they're in pretty good shape yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like we need to put a DR period in front of your name, uh, you know, at this point going forward. Something, so. something. I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, it sounds like there's, yeah. there's lots of, uh, lots of fixes. Lots I've of fixes. spent a long time, a lot of time with a lot of sports psychologists. Uh, so, and other uh, all right. Too. Yeah, Dan, no. Dan, hit, hit him up. I got some rapid fires for him. I got some rapids. Uh, Cause I know we got to get him out of here. You go so. first. You go first. Uh, okay. Um, do you think the Open mm-hmm. is uh, is St Andrews the the is is that the best place to play the Open? Um, I think one of the great things about the Open is that they move it around. So I think it it showcases uh, the different courses and different aspects of the of the British Isles and and I mean the British Isles like. Ireland and Northern Ireland and uh, England, Scotland. Uh, I don't think it's been in Wales for a long, long time, but I think one of the things is it's such a celebrated event. I think it's nice that it moves around like it does. Uh, it, it could easily be the open could easily be the masters where it's at St. Andrews all the time. I think that would lose some of the wonderful things about discovering different parts of the, of the aisles over there. Should I ask who thinks going to win now or later? <laughs> now's fine you know I'm give, me, give, give, give me give me a, give me uh give me a winner like uh who you think is going to win and then give me a, like an under, crazy underdog not crazy but you know what i'm saying i mean yeah, give me- yeah, yeah but um yeah like could a bryson do something this week that's kind of crazy just for the fact that he could literally hold on, hold on. this is not that the- kind of this is not that kind of show sir no? this is no? not all right <laughs> no no keep it coming keep I like it coming. Yeah, i love to stay so, so think of like one he could potentially drive one uh there's a number of other holes there's, there's a few around the turn he could drive he can definitely drive 18 that's probably a hybrid for him um could he hit it so far into other fairways that he can play from different directions. I'm sure they've, they've been Googling earth of this thing for six months, trying to figure out a strategy. So someone like that, when, when I remember when John Daly won 27 years ago, now he literally was hitting it beyond some of the bunkers where people thought, you know, you got to play between this area. He just went full send and then took it over those things. So he could be one that would be potentially, uh, do something crazy. Um, so you're saying we're going full live and we're going Bryson could be, uh, could be a good Yeah, it could be. Um, and I'm trying to think who else. I mean, the, honestly, there's so many players that 
Will Rory do it? No, I don't think so. Um, I, 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 I don't see that. That was Dan's one. Dan, Dan <laughs> has money on Rory this week, so he's, he's disappointed about that. I did, I did not, sir. I did not. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll have a think about other people, but uh, I always hate that because it's like it's, you know, those guys fail more than they win, so it's always a tough one. Uh, did you watch much of the Scottish Open? I watched, I, I tried to grab some a, of it. A bit? Okay, so every time that they kept mentioning this guy named Jordan and they said Smith, I'm yeah. like, it caught, me, it caught me off guard because they said Jordan Smith yeah. specifically. They said both yeah. names. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 the name is Speed. Yeah. No, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Oh, wait a minute. And I'm like, have I been drinking too much? I mean, because it was Wimbledon also. We got to yeah. talk about that a little bit, too, if we have, yeah. if we have time. Uh, but I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Jordan Spieth, not Smith. And I'm like, oh, shit. Spieth gains a lot. He's gained some weight. I mean, he's yeah. a little girthy. Yeah, he's a little, a little girthier a little, than he used to be. Correct. Yeah, he's a little short uh, for his weight, as we say. <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. Uh, but so like a Jordan Smith, uh, you yeah. put any stock in him. What? And what about Wyndham Clark, who surprisingly is, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say he's known for his putting and you can say you, you don't, you don't have anything on him, but I mean, long hitter, long yeah. baller, he tends yeah. to do kind of good on links courses. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. I think that um, you either, you could get somebody completely and I don't know who I'm thinking about at the moment, but like, it's not a bad thing if you don't know where the trouble is at these courses, rather than knowing the course so well. If you just show up and it's like you have a caddy it just goes, you know, hit it there and you just keep on doing it and you don't get all of the, oh, my gosh, I can't play from there. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's just like, just do this. Um, so you could have somebody like that that just literally got over here on Monday and, and they just kind of just go out there and rip it and not realize what's going on. You've had, you know, Ian Baker Finch almost won here in 1984 from nowhere. Um, he played a couple of practice rounds with some of the old Australians. Um, and um, he was paired with Tom Watson in the final round. And apparently to, uh, the, the guy from Northern England, uh, his nickname on tour is Wobbly. He's the caddy, which gives you some idea of his probably drinking prowess. Um, <laughs> he was like 20 years old caddying for Ian Baker Finch. He was maybe... 23, 24 at the time, and apparently Watson came on to the tee on the first hole at uh, the old course there and said, are you nervous, kid? And Wobbly's like, no, not really. He goes, wow, because I'm really fucking nervous right now. And, uh, and by the way, I think you uh, you may have been uh, coaching Watson a little bit into uh, an Open Championship ride or yeah, so I, in it. His agent is a, a good friend of mine, so I've been sharing video back and forth with Tom asking how he can, so, you know, legend asking how he can hit it further. So he's 60, however old, and he's 70, I think now, and still trying to hit it further, which I thought was awesome. But I got to be honest with you, you talk about choking when you're on your, in your car driving down the road and Tom Watson's name comes up on your screen like he's calling you. It's like, yeah, I'll play it cool. But I was like, oh. <laughs> But what, what I do is I'm like, I, I don't know a Tom Watson and I don't know what they're calling me. I'm going to have to decline this call. Yeah. yeah. No, I accept it. I took the call. That's good stuff. Of course you That's did. Stuff, of course Ken. you did. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dan, catch it. Catch it. Anything I well, didn't Well, I think we've got to get him out of here because we've, we've kept him a long time, Cal. But uh, so, John, I mean, you, you've been on the game for so many years. What are you looking forward to um, coming up in the next uh, year for you, for, for you personally or for the game? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I hope that we can resolve some of these issues that are going on right now. I think there's a lot of guys that are in the, uh, they're not ready for the Champions Tour, but they're not quite competitive on the regular tour, but they have enough persona. People want to watch them play, and that seems what the Live Tour could be. Mm-hmm. I hope all this stuff doesn't completely blow up. I hope we get some resolution on these things. Um, I think it's going to change the way that the schedule is for the PGA Tour because uh, they're saying literally we can't play this much. So I think we're going to go back to a calendar year uh, schedule, seems like a little bit more. I really, really hope that some of these conversations are going to help some of these um, kids coming out of college have an access to the Corn Ferry Tour. I had a player here today from the Corn Ferry Tour. And, you know, the, the goal with the Corn Ferry Tour was to get them onto the PGA Tour. You're not supposed to make a living on the Corn Ferry Tour, according to the PGA Tour. But there's a lot of phenomenal players. And it, it, it's unfortunate sometimes that those players we never hear of just because they physically can't afford to keep mm-hmm. going long enough yep. to get onto the PGA Tour. So I, I'm really hopeful that this extra attention we have in golf goes back into growing that aspect where you got these, you know, I don't want guys that are not very good making a ton of money, but there's a ton of great players that, that don't get to show their skills because of the financial situation. Easy, John. We're not that good. We we don't need to make a ton of money. We just like to make a little bit of scratch. Yeah. Make, make more than you spend. Your, your taste is better than your talent, as they say. So I, I would, I would hope that, um, that continues to grow. Um, personally, there's some interesting projects I'm involved with that are more of how do we get these people into the game that have taken it up, been around golf, and not been told, hopefully, how difficult golf is, because we all know it's very difficult, but get them into the game and get them enjoying the game. That would be that would be a great win, I think, if we can do that. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I, I think the fun thing is, for me, it, and I know we got to get you out of here, but uh, the fun thing for me, so I, I played in this 100-hole hike thing you know, two weeks ago, whatever, you know, uh, and, and it's raising Queen, money, and it's... Queen Cove, did you play that one? Mm-hmm. I, I did play yeah. the Sweetens Cove. Yeah, yeah good for you. Yeah, well done. Yeah, and and uh, you know, and 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 it's not about me playing a hundred holes. It's about what the money that's being raised and what's happening and what's going on, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the 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 bigger part of that is is how do you introduce more people to the sport? How do you get people to where they want to be? And this is going to be the extent of our live tour conversation. And it's just, if you want to get people to the sport and you have a voice and you have a reason, then you should probably be out there doing things to get them in there. And I don't know that it's combating the PGA or if it's combating the PGA tour. I don't know how this is going to go. And this is not controversial all between the three of us. It's just... Uh, it, it, it's making a lot of noise and it's almost turning into the, like the world wrestling federation. <laughs> this is yeah. Vince McMahon 101, man. <laughs> There's been some missteps on both sides, I think, but unfortunately the, the people that are being portrayed as the villains, the live folks are, are looking better with some of the decisions been made by the, like not inviting Norman this week, I think is a, is a mistake. I mean, he's, he's a two time winner of the open championship and, Look, I, I no, don't know Greg at all. I've got one friend who's very good friends with him. Um, he can be an ass. There's no doubt about that. But Can't we all? Can't yeah, we all? No, absolutely. And, uh, but it, it was an opportunity, I think, if, he, if there's somebody said to him, look, don't make it about live this week, but let's celebrate golf and let's show that at the end of the day, golf is what we're trying to grow here. And like, Open come on. Champion. Come on. 
yeah. come on and let's let's have some conversation behind closed doors but this just feels like it's it's a bit of a misstep honestly um i, I think of my life where golf has taken me the opportunities i've had people i've met um through the fact i was reasonably good at golf at one point and still love golf i i wish we could get that out to as many people as possible because whatever the hell's going on in the world if you could get people on a golf course together that's true it's a common language isn't it it's, it's something that we could all agree upon and bitch about and and all the rest of it so if our main problem in the world is that we're not playing golf well enough, we're all living in a bit better world, I think. So let's kind of figure that out if we can. Mm-hmm. I've played a lot of bad golf, but I haven't had that many bad times on a golf course. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, when you play bad golf, it usually you either decide you're going to get better or you, you, you know, you drink more stuff. But hopefully most people like I played like shit today and I can't wait to come back tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. It's golf, so you never know what's going to happen. Uh, John Tattersall, we got to let you go, and I don't know if we got a definitive answer or not. I don't know if we got a definitive answer. Who, who's your pick? Who's your pick? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. There you go. Oh, you cannot Tattersall, go wrong with you, that. You heard it here first. I think it's uh, it's Tattersall Golf. Yes. Uh, at at gmail.com or is it? Uh, no, it's it's John at TattersallGolf.com. So Tattersall John, Golf is the website. Well, you drop it. I was talking in front of you. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. Tattersall Golf is a website. Tattersall Golf, I think, is on Instagram. So if you want to see how much fun it is to try and get people better at golf, and uh, go go there because it's hopefully – the world has changed very much. It's like there's a lot of great information out there. Uh, my job is to kind of disseminate some of the information for people and try and get them better. Awesome. Tiger Woods, throw it down. I think you can get him at like 60 or 80 or something. John is not doing that. John is no. not doing that. This is this is totally a, a biased comment. Yes. Um, and I'm not saying to do it on his behalf. I'm definitely not going to do it on his behalf. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if we're going to make it to the weekend. So uh, I, I don't know. We'll see where we go. Uh, Danny, wrap us up, man. Hey, John, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Looking forward to the open. Looking forward to chatting soon more about some of this, uh, some of the newer trends you're seeing in the mind and everything else. I do want to talk more about that. Um, but today right. wasn't, we couldn't get into that, that today. But thanks for coming on. Anytime you want to do it. Anytime you want to do it. See awesome. you, boys. All right. Cheers. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.